Welcome to the Well Studying Podcast. This is episode 251. Today is November 13th, 2017. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, it's been a little more than a month or so since I've done my last episode. I want to comment on that before I go and talk about today's topic, which I've entitled A Year Without a Dip. And what I mean by that is despite all the prognosticated gloom and doom that we were hearing a year ago, over the past 12 months since the election of Donald Trump, not only is the market up, but it has been some of the most muted volatility that I've ever seen in my life and perhaps maybe in the history of the stock market. We're going to get to that in just a minute. And this is not a political statement. This is not any type of commentary that has anything to do with politics because this is a trend that we've seen since 2009 as far as ever-expanding stock markets with very shallow, very infrequent pullbacks. And so whether we're talking about a Trump administration or an Obama administration, this has been an extremely resilient stock market. That's a little bit about what I want to talk about today. Before we do that, I do want to mention a couple things. I've been absent over the past few weeks, and really over the past month. Many of you have asked me, where the heck am I? I appreciate that. I specifically want to give a shout out to my friend Mike. I know whenever I hear from him and he tells me that it's been a long time since I've done a podcast, well then it's been way too long. And so because of Mike's promptings, here I am back behind the microphone. Now a couple reasons as to why I've been absent lately. One is because the end of the year is always extremely busy for me and I am not a professional podcast host. I am a professional money manager. I have a business to run. I do the podcast as a labor of love. It's kind of an extension of my ham radio hobby, but it's not how I pay the bills. And that's one of the reasons I keep the podcast commercial free. I don't have sponsors. I don't have membership programs, no Patreon. I don't do any of those things because I want the podcast to be giving me the flexibility to not only have oversight as to the content of the podcast, but also as to the frequency of them. Now, one of the reasons I've been absent for a while is that pretty much for the last month, I've been traveling. In fact, today I'm recording this podcast while I'm on the road. However, you should be aware that although I may take some time off from podcasting, I never take time off from my trading or from the blog post notifications. So if I do make a trade, whether I buy or sell something in my model portfolio or if I have some imminent news that I think is important for you to know about or some kind of a chart, well, I will always post that over at my firm's website, investablewealth.com. It's free for you to subscribe to those buy-sell alerts. You won't get spammed. You don't need any type of secret decoder ring. And all the information that I've done in past posts are all available there in the archives. So before you sign up to get the free email notifications, You can scan through the archives, see what I've talked about in the past. If it's not relevant to you, don't sign up. In any case, in spite of this busy time of the year and my relentless travel schedule here lately, I also have been purposely holding back on producing podcast content over the last few weeks for a very specific reason. And you should really go back and listen to episode 250 before you go forward and listen to today's episode. Because a month ago, when we recorded episode 250, I specifically talked about what was happening around earnings season, how I felt that earnings were still solid and it would be very likely that we would see this year close out with a Santa Claus rally. Well, that hasn't happened yet. 
The market over the last week has pulled back ever so slightly. I know if you listen to the news, you'd think that there was a major correction going on. But as of today, over the last five days, the market is down less than 30 basis points. That's less than 0.3%. That by no means makes a correction. In fact, it's barely a blip in volatility. But right now, the news media and all the pundits don't have anything else to talk about. And so they're focusing and grasping at whatever kind of negative straws they can see in the economy. And in particular, they're hammering away at the inability of this administration to carry through on their promises of tax relief or tax cuts or corporate tax policy or whatever we're actually going to see come out of Washington. The press, the media, the pundits have been making a big deal about how if we don't get tax relief, it may crash the stock market, it may cause a correction, it may be the reason for a big pullback. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not that plain, it's not that simple. Step back and look at some of the other failures of this administration over the past 10 months. We have not seen infrastructure spending. The market keeps going up. We did not see the repeal of Obamacare, nor have we seen any substantial health care legislation come out of Washington. And despite the gloom and doom predictions there, guess what happened? The market has gone up. I suspect that we won't see any tax cuts or anything significant between now and the end of the year. And in fact, some of the proposals I'm reading are now saying that no significant tax proposals are going to go into effect until maybe as far out as 2019 if they go in at all. My point here is not to be political, but actually just the opposite of that. I'm trying to be apolitical. I'm trying to encourage people to not look at things through the lens of the media, which is divide and conquer. The narrative coming out of the media, it doesn't matter if it's left-wing media or right-wing media, but it's always about focusing their message and their narrative through a prism of a dialectic. It's got to be left or right. It's got to be red or blue. It's got to be Republican or Democrat. It has to be pro this or anti that. That's the narrative. That's the small choice they want to give you. And that's not the way the world works. And despite the absolute politicization of everything, from football to entertainment, you can't escape it. Well, you can't escape it. I escape it by not listening to any of it, watching any of it, or participating in the least amount of it as I possibly can. But that's a lifestyle choice. In any case, let me bring this back around, and and I really want to emphasize here, everything I'm saying today, and really what I try and say in every episode, is apolitical. People don't often see it that way because we're all wrapped up in this left-right paradigm. But if you want to make money, particularly if you want to make money in the stock market, you have to look at things apolitically. And the current market we've been in, regardless of politics, Regardless of whether the president or the Senate or the Congress or the Supreme Court, regardless of any of those organizations, whether they've leaned left or whether they've leaned right over the last decade, it hasn't mattered to any significant extent as to how it relates to the performance of the stock market. It has not mattered who the Speaker of the House has been. It has not mattered who the Senate Majority Leader in the Senate was. It has not mattered who the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court has been. It has not mattered who has sat as a Commander-in-Chief in the White House. In particular, let's look at these last 12 months. Markets have gone up, and they have almost exclusively gone up. I want to emphasize here, this past year, 
This has been one of the most impressive stock markets. This has been one of the least volatile stock markets. You will be hard-pressed to go back and find a 12-month period when the stock market has not pulled back more than 3%. And when the volatility, when the actual time gap between the ups and downs has been as mild and as stable as it has been over the past 12 months, while at the same time you can argue that the inmates are running the asylum in Washington, D.C. and in other state capitals, not only in the United States but in nations all around the world, And this is not specifically just pointed at the Trump administration. I would have said the same thing during Obama's, as well as during Hollande's in France, and now with Macron in France, and before and after the Brexit in England with now Theresa May in charge, or with Trudeau in Canada, Abe's re-election in Japan. It doesn't matter where you look. Across the globe... From a political standpoint, it can be argued that both the politicians and the electorate are dysfunctional. But despite that, the U.S. economy, as well as the global economy, is moving up. It's advancing. Now, I want to emphasize here, I don't offer financial advice. I don't give you recommendations. I simply provide you my opinion, and in some cases, I tell you my positions. I also like to emphasize that I can't predict the future. I don't have a crystal ball. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. In fact, I can't even predict to you what hotel I'll be staying at this evening because I haven't made my reservations yet. So by no means am I trying to predict the future or give you a forecast with certainty. But what I am going to emphasize is that in spite of the narrative that you're hearing coming out of the media about how volatile things are, or about any other reason they can come up with as to why the market's going to pull back before the end of the year or how we're going to go into a recession next year. Listen, I have no idea if any of those things will take place. But what I want to reassure you with is as I look at the market indicators, and I look at everything from interest rates to unemployment numbers to energy cost to agricultural products to the price of precious metals, all these things that I look at, They're currently telling me that we're in a sweet spot where the cost of money as it relates to interest rates and the price of commodities such as copper or petroleum products, where it's profitable enough for those things to be produced, but yet at the same time, the prices are not so high that it's burdensome on the consumers of those products. And so the tug of war in the economy right now is pretty much equal. That sweet spot, that equilibrium is a good thing right now for stability in the overall economy. We're in an economy right now where most sectors and most geographic regions are profitable and making money, and they're doing better this year than they did last year, and next year looks even better than this year. Again, I'm not predicting the future. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm simply saying that the economic indicators... Not all the drama that's continually on cable news networks and in the financial media. Not any of those things. But the actual fundamental numbers on the ground. The price of copper at about $3.10 a pound. The price of oil at about $56 a barrel. The 10-year treasury at about 2.4%. On and on, all these market indicators are telling me, for now, we're in a really good zone. And until we see some major changes in some of these areas, until we see things like unemployment going up 
or labor costs going up. Until things like that that have a drastic impact to the bottom line in corporate America, until those things happen, that means profits are continuing to go up and ultimately profits are what drive stock prices. Again, if you haven't listened to episode 250, go back and listen to it. That's where I talked about the earnings season that we're in right now, third quarter for 2017. And if you go back a month ago, the punditry were telling you, all the experts were saying the growth was going to be muted. We were at best going to see something around maybe 3.2% S&P earnings growth. And here we are, almost done with earnings season. So far, of the more than 75% of companies that have reported, earnings are up 6.8%. Now, that's significantly above the 3.2% that they originally projected. And Shazam, what a surprise. Just like I talked about last month, right now, 74% of all companies have beaten their earnings expectations. Let that sink in. 74% of companies have beat their earnings expectations. Now, I'm not taking a, a Pollyanna view here. In fact, again, listen to what I said in last month's episode, episode 250. I specifically mentioned in there that companies sandbag. They always start every quarter coming out with good forward guidance. And then as the quarter advances, oftentimes they'll go back in. They'll very quietly on a Friday afternoon adjust those earnings expectations down. What they're doing is they're sandbagging. And so at the end of the quarter, they'll come out with earnings that far exceed what they had projected. This happens on a regular basis over the last, I don't know, decade or so. Earnings expectations have been exceeded by like over 70% consistently. This quarter's no different. It's a game that they play on Wall Street. They try and get that expectation pendulum always swinging to extremes. Overbought, oversold. The price of a stock rarely reflects the actual value of the stock. It's between those extremes that we can arbitrage and we as individual investors can profit from that. But in order to time the market, you have to be shrewd. You can't be a sucker. You can't let fear and greed take over your rational thought process. If you do that, you will sell and buy at the most inopportune times. You'll panic and sell at the bottom and you'll get greedy and buy at the top. That's a formula for disaster. Ha, but in any case, I digress. I'm also running out of time. I've got to go catch an airplane. Hey, as always, until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.